Welcome to the Mama's Got Dreams podcast, where you get to reprioritize yourself and find harmony between your personal ambitions, self-identity, and motherhood. I'm Cassie Sunshine, your host, three-time certified life and mindset success coach, and creator of the Anti-Hustle Harmony Success System for Moms. I'm a firm believer that your dreams weren't given to you by accident or coincidence. So if you're ready to ditch the hug, I have to get through another day feeling in the morning and instead create a life that includes both being an amazing mom and successfully pursuing your passions, then you're in the right place. I am so glad you're here and can't wait to jump into today's episode. Welcome back, Mama, to another episode of the Mama's Got Dreams podcast. This week is actually a special birthday edition episode, but it's not my birthday. It's actually my daughter's second birthday. And so I thought in honor of her birthday that I would make episode 10, which is crazy. We're in the double digits. I can't believe that already. But I was thinking that I would make episode 10 all about the lessons that I have learned in my first two years as a first-time mom with a career and a business and a young kid. And I really wanted to share reflections that are just very like real and raw and honest because I don't feel like motherhood is shared from that light enough these days sometimes. So I figured it's a really great opportunity for me to just share some of the things I've learned along my journey in case you are a mom who is early on in her journey and This can help support you or if you are a mom who's a similar place that I'm at or even have kids that are a little bit older and you can be like, oh, I feel less alone. I went through that too. Whatever it may be, I just I like to share the non-highlight real version of motherhood, as you guys probably know by now. I fear this is the perfect chance to reflect back on my first two years as a mom. This episode is actually going to be a little bit more like informal than my other episodes in the sense that I'm not really going to like fully script it out or write it ahead of time. I just really want to try to like speak from my heart as much as possible. So it might sound like I'm jumping around a little bit more than normal because of hello ADHD mom over here, but it will be genuine and it will be honest. And hopefully that's worth sticking with me through my mind jumping all over the place. I just want to keep in mind that the reflections and the lessons and whatnot that I'm going to share are coming from my lens of being a first time mom with not only a job, but also a business and a newer relationship. When we found out we were pregnant, we were still pretty new to our relationship. And while our daughter was absolutely born out of love, we were not planning her at this exact moment. That brings its own challenges and lessons. And we had some definitely unexpected curveballs thrown our way. I used to say I had babysat a lot throughout my life. I was a very proud auntie prior to becoming a mom. But I just, I realized that once I became a mom, none of that could have prepared me for my own motherhood journey. It just, you can learn from it, but until you're doing it yourself, there's just nothing that can quite compare and nothing really can fully prepare you. Not even an episode like this or anything else from other gurus or experts or anything like your motherhood journey is going to be completely your own. Your experience is going to be completely your own. Like your ups and downs and your fears and dreams and your anxieties and your fears and your worries and everything, that's all going to be your own and it can never be exactly the same as someone else's. So people can give you all of the advice in the world. They can share all of their wisdom and they can do it from the best of intentions. And usually they have that. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember that your experience is going to be completely your own. So 
One of the biggest things I would say is take what you want from what people share, leave what you don't want, and absolutely never take anything that people say as gospel. Not even me. Like nothing I say here is gospel or meant to be taken as gospel. It's meant to be like, here's my experience. If you can take pieces from this and feel less alone or learn from it or reflect on it, then awesome. And if not, and if none of it resonates with you, then leave it all behind. I would much rather you do that than ever try to follow somebody else's path that isn't right for you or take on advice that doesn't feel aligned and right for you. So one of the things with this episode that I wanted to be mindful of is I really want to share the raw and real and honest experience I've had. And I will be transparent that my motherhood experience for the first two years has been truthfully more challenging than I was expecting it to be. I still love being a mom. I love my daughter. I would not trade this, but we've been thrown quite a few curveballs and it has not been quite the season that we were expecting it to be. But I don't want this episode to seem like I'm just complaining or that like it's all negative or I hate motherhood because that's not the truth at all. But I also, on the other hand, don't want to paint this picture of this perfect highlight real life either and be all positive and sunshine and rainbows when that's not real for me. There are a lot of days where I cry and night on the couch, right? There are a lot of days where I'm angry and frustrated and confused and question why me. There are a lot of days when I wonder, oh God, what would it be like to have my old life back? Um, and none of that makes me a bad mom. And none of that means I don't love my daughter. And none of that means that I don't think motherhood is this beautiful, miraculous thing. So I'm going to do my best with this episode to kind of balance out wanting to be real and honest and raw and vulnerable and still stay positive and encouraging. Because I'm not here to make anybody afraid of motherhood. I'm not here to just whine about my two years. My These two years have been ups and downs, good and bad, beautiful miracles and really tough moments, right? It's, everybody has that in motherhood. So hopefully I will accomplish that. I will do my absolute best. And just know that if I'm ever sharing the perspective of challenging moments or hard moments, it's more so that if other moms are going through that, you don't feel alone. And you don't feel the shame and the guilt that I've battled for the last two years sometimes when I am in those low moments. And you can feel like you can relate to somebody. It's not meant to stay in a negative place. You guys know me. I try to be as positive as possible, but like I'm also human and you're human. So anyway, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I just wanted to make sure to share that like I'm going to try and balance it out, but I want to be really real about my experience. And again, this is my experience. It's not going to be everybody's. And I will still try to keep it as positive and uplifting as I possibly can while still being genuine to my experience. Okay, with that disclaimer out of the way, I say let's just jump in. Let's see where this takes us and reflect on the last two years of motherhood. So I think one of the first things that really comes to mind for me that I've learned over these two years, and I learned this one pretty early on in my motherhood experience, honestly, is that there's no rule book for motherhood. Like there's no, no one rule book that has all the right ways to be a mom and all the right things to do and say and how to make all the right decisions. Like it doesn't exist. It never will exist. I don't care what anybody tells you. The only rule book is honestly the rule book that you're going to make up as you go, that you're going to make up for what's best for you and your kid and your family and your life. And you are the only one that can know what that rule book is supposed to be and what is supposed to be in there, right? There are certainly a lot of rules that society tries to place in us and people love to share with us and all these things, but there are so many freaking ways to do motherhood and to be a parent and to raise your kids. And like one of my biggest tips is just really learning to trust your gut, 
do it your way. Pick your battles. Give yourself some massive freaking grace along the way because you're going to need it. And whether you've had a really like blissful journey up until now or if you've had a lot of challenges like we've had at some point along the way, you're going to need to give yourself grace. You're going to need to bend the rules a little bit. And you're going to need to figure out which rules really matter to you and which ones don't. And that's going to be different for absolutely everybody. For instance, with us, I remember in the beginning that I insisted on not having screen time for at least the first two years. I was totally that parent who was like, oh my God. I would look at people in the restaurants and I would be like, oh my God, your kid's on a tablet. How could you ever do that? Or, oh my God, your kid knows how to use a phone. That's so bad. And I feel so guilty now forever secretly judging these people in my head. So anybody out there that I ever secretly judge, you don't know it, but I send you a massive apology because I have no freaking clue what you were going through and what challenges you were dealing as pa- dealing with as parents. Our daughter has had screen time since, I don't know, six weeks old, eight weeks old. I don't even remember. Very early on, much, much earlier than I ever thought. She gets much more of it than I would honestly probably prefer at this point. We at least are intentional with our screen time. She's not watching every crazy thing out there. We try to pick low stimulating things, educational things. And luckily, I mean, she's learned all of her shapes and colors and letters and everything from watching Miss Rachel. So at least there's been some educational benefit to it. But because she had reflux in the beginning, it was extremely uncomfortable for her early months. We did what we had to do to get her comfortable and to give us any reprieve at all. It was really challenging in the beginning. She was extremely uncomfortable. I was dealing with postpartum depression. My boyfriend, Conrad, was still in graduate school full-time for his master's degree. He was also still working full-time. I had a full-time job. Like We were just trying to survive, honestly, and screen time came into the picture. So she started watching like the things on YouTube with the dark backgrounds and the contrasted colors, and it went from there. Like I said, at least we're intentional with our screen time now, but like we had to learn to pick our battles. And that was one where, unfortunately, because we were dealt the reflux card, we had to adjust and bend some of our rules. I remember in the beginning, all the sleeping rules that you get told about, don't do this, don't do that, do this, like all tons of things, many of them fear-driven. And I think at the end of the day, you have to just use your logic because while there are risks to everything, there are literally risks to putting your kid in the car, even in the car seat, there's a risk. So should you never go in the car? Like, you have to just weigh your risks sometimes and the benefits. So I remember for us, I remember like the early days of us, like literally she was so uncomfortable. She didn't sleep. So then she cried for 14 hours a day. And I remember a couple nights of us like basically staying up where one of us would stay up with her holding her and the other one would sleep and we would like take turns doing that. It was an awful system. It did not work well at all. And I remember one day eventually where I like basically fell asleep at a stoplight. Not for long, thank God. And we were totally safe. But that moment for me where I was like, no, I'm done. Like, we've got to figure out how to get some freaking sleep in this household. And we adjusted and ended up doing some bed sharing for a while because we just needed some freaking sleep. And that's what felt right to me. And it felt safe. And I listened to my gut and it's absolutely worked for us in that moment. We didn't continue it long term because for me, that wasn't right. But that might be right for somebody else. I remember always being told like, oh, you got the baby in your room for at least six months. I think Savannah went into her crib at like seven or eight weeks old because she preferred that. There was one night where she was it couldn't handle it. And following the rules, I put her in her crib so I could walk out and not scream at the baby. And she ended up like liking her crib. And we're like, okay, you know what? That's better for you. We're getting better sleep if you're not in the room right next to me, which made like, our relationship better, my sleep better, my health better. She did better. So we changed the rules along the way. And it's like those moments just taught me in the beginning of like, you don't know what cards you're going to get dealt no matter where along the journey. And sometimes you got to make adjustments. You got to do things your own way. Just there's no exactly right way to do this. So I am here to give you permission 
to say no to certain things and to say, I'm going to do it this way or I'm going to do it that way and to embrace your power in that choice. Trust me, there are a lot of people in your life who are going to say, we did it this way and it turned out really well and we did it this way and it turned out really well. Just because it turned out really well for them doesn't mean it's going to turn out well for you and you still don't have to take their advice. I don't care how well it turned out and how amazing their kid grew up. If it's not right for you, it's not right for you. And you get to make your own rule book. Okay, this is a quick little one, just like personal note. If you're not a Pinterest mom, please don't beat yourself up. If you don't get all the cute family photos every year or send out a holiday card or plan like these lavish, beautiful birthday parties, your kids are not going to love you any less. I feel awful a lot of times because birthday is not really my thing. We haven't done family photos since I think I was like, I don't know, four months old to keep meaning to. And honestly, I just can't bring myself to spend the money on it. I know we should. I don't buy the cute matching outfits. Our playroom isn't like cute and decked out by any means. And at the end of the day, that's not what matters to your kids. It isn't. They're not going to love you any less for that. They're going to remember the quality time and the hugs and the laughs and the way you take care of them and the fun and the safety you give them and the quality you know, of the life you provide, even if it is in your messy, outdated kitchen singing and cooking dinner together. That is what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the decor or the size of your island or if your backsplash is disgusting. They're going to remember singing in the kitchen with their mom. So just be really gentle with yourself. And if being that Pinteresty, cute, creative mom is just not your thing or you just don't have the brain cells for it, that's okay. So many of us don't. You are not alone by any means. This one, I really want you to hear. Taking care of yourself is not a nice to have. It is is a necessity. And that doesn't necessarily mean going to the gym or working out or eating healthy or meditating or any of the other like things that we always say it is, right? It can mean all of those things that those are the things you love and make you feel good. Or it can mean whatever it's going to mean to you. It can mean going to the ocean to fill your cup back up, right? It can mean buying clothes to make you feel more confident. And it can mean reading a book. It can mean listening to music. It can mean listening or watching shitty TV, reality television, because it's what you know fills your cup up, right? Whatever it is, but like taking time to feed your sense of self, to refuel your joy, to recharge your batteries, it is so freaking important and it deserves to be a priority in your life and you are allowed to ask for help to make that happen. Now listen, I know that asking for help does not always feel good. It is not always easy. We sometimes think we're going to be a burden or we don't want to feel like we can't do it all on our own or asking for help is weak or whatever other things that we're leaning on them too much or a, a myriad of feelings, right? And we just don't do it or we think nobody's ever going to want to help us or that they're going to be mad about having to help us, but we still have to do it. And honestly, it's, I don't know, it's the point of like, we have to get better at it. We just have to try to work it like a muscle that we would anything else. And it doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong. But asserting what you need and being brave enough to ask for support in that makes you a very strong person. And that is a great role model for your little ones. That's what makes you a good role model because you want them to be able to ask for help when they're older. And if you're thinking like, hey, I don't got a big village to ask for help. First off, I know that can suck. I can certainly empathize that and relate to that. And so if that's you, one, you're not alone. But then start with very simple things that you can do in your life. Maybe it's letting your laundry sit there unfolded. So instead you can take a bubble bath one night or go on a walk on your lunch break. You know, the simple things that you can hopefully do without having to bring in somebody else or get them to take the load off. Look for those little moments where you can take care of you. You can prioritize you. Even if it means something else gets pushed further down the priority list, 
you're allowed to do that because taking care of you has got to be high up there. And we just don't do it as moms. We think motherhood is synonymous with martyr and it doesn't. We think that we can't make time for it or that we don't have the resources and it can definitely feel that way a lot. We've got to find it. Like we've got to be as we cannot take care of all the people in our life that we are taking care of if we do not find ways to take care of ourselves. This is a really hard lesson for me to learn. I am definitely a caretaker. I was literally born to take care of others and meet their needs and whatnot. And that's a whole other story. But so I've been doing this my entire life. I've been people's rocks my entire life. And so one of the biggest things I had to learn over the last two years is that like, I can't take care of others if I'm not taking care of myself. And it's not always an easy thing to do, but man, it has to be done. So finding a way, building a village, even if it's not your family, right? your village doesn't have to be your family. This can be friends that you create. It can be brand new friends. You might not even know. They don't have to be in your life for 20 years. You can make friends right now will become some of the most important people in your life and your kids aren't going to know the difference. So if you don't have a village, go create a village. Go seek one out, right? Like sometimes we got to create what we want. It so doesn't mean it's not hard. It would have been nice to just have it. But if you don't have it and you want it, maybe you can go and create it and look for it. And while we're on the topic of like village and friendships and relationships, let's talk about relationships, right? Let's talk about both romantic and friendship. And while we're on the topic of village and relationships, Let's talk a little bit about relationships. So first off, with romantic relationships, I am by no means an expert. This is just my opinion, but I would steer away from making very big, life-altering decisions in your relationship in like the first year of having a kid, at least. Because just when you think about the way, hormones are crazy, sleep is on very short supply, a million and one things are on your to-do list, and sometimes you look at your partner and you get overloaded with love watching them be a parent. And at other times, you contemplate the best way to get away with murder without getting caught. You know, it has its days. It ebbs and flows, right? Like, it's okay. You can admit it. We all have it. We all feel it. But in all seriousness, like, the super duper crazy, like, hard of the first year won't last forever. So just give your relationship some extra grace during that time. And just don't make any rash decisions, right? And in those, like, really tough moments... One of the things that I do that's really been helping is just really trying hard to reconnect with the reasons that I fell in love with my partner in the first place. I love to run back through my mind like our early dates, like our first date and how we met and all those things, our first trip together, birthday celebrations, memories, just like experience we had, remembering times that we were laughing and smiling and just loving each other. And basically, it's like I'm borrowing the love from the past of our relationship to get us through the present because this hard won't last forever right now. So I don't want to go ahead and make life decisions while we're just in the midst of really hard. Like that first year is hard. I don't care if you have the best baby in the world. It's still hard for a multitude of reasons. So just be a little extra gentle with your relationships. Obviously, like if you feel very confident in making a life decision during that time, by all means, go and do it. But just keep in mind, your hormones are a little out of whack and there's a lot going on during that time. And if you're a single mom doing this on your own, then I just want to really acknowledge you right now and they say, God freaking bless you because I think you seriously deserve a medal of honor. I have no idea how you do it. I cannot even imagine my mom was a single mom and I do have a whole new level of respect for her now being a mom myself. Hey, send me a DM or an email. I would love to send you a coffee or a cookie or something that will put a smile on your face because I certainly know you're not getting enough of that right now and you do deserve it. I just wanted to acknowledge you because I know it can be hard to hear through this and be like, well, if we don't have one and I wish you do. I hope you do. But I'm here to support 
in any way that I can, I promise. And again, on relationships, let's talk friendships. I think it's an important thing to talk about because friendships are really freaking weird once you enter parenthood, especially depending on what stage of life the rest of your friends are at. Are you the first one to have kids? Are you the last one to have kids? It can be really weird depending on where everybody is on their state and their stage of life and where you're at in your stage of life. And so if friends just feel hard in this season of life, I want you to know you're not alone. Definitely not just you. It's a weird time for friendships, I think, for everybody, right? Not only to make new ones, if you're trying to do that, but even just to maintain the ones that you have, depending on like the state they're currently in. And it can be really tough. You know, one of the things I've learned over these last years, I had to give myself some grace around if I can't give everything to all of my friendships, like I just, I have to be okay with that, unfortunately. I think the key that I've learned is just be honest with your friends about it, right? Talk to them, let them know what you can and cannot give right now. And if they're really the friends that care, like they're going to get it or they're going to try and get it, right? Heck, tell them that you love them and you want to know what's going on in their life. But because you have a million and one things going on in your mind at all times, you're terrible at texting and reaching out. So maybe would they mind taking the lead on initiating the text for a while? So like you guys can stay in touch, but you don't have to be worried about initiating that in your head. And they can know it's not that you don't want to reach out. You do, but you just don't think about it sometimes. So you'd love if they would start that, right? Have that open conversation about expectations. I think in relationships in general, we don't do this enough. We like assume the other person knows how we're feeling or what we need or what we want from them. And they don't, whether it's romantic or friendship or anything. So just be honest, like what you can do in a friendship, what you can't do, what you would love in a friendship, what you would love back. And hopefully they can be open and honest with you about being able to meet your expectations or not be able to meet your expectations, right? I had to go through this conversation with a friend who has two young kids and I have a kid and we're like, hey, this is what I can give. This is what you can give. So we're on the same page. We know if this happens, we're not going to hold it against each other. Like we just had an open conversation about that. And it takes so much pressure off the friendship. So if you haven't had those open conversations, I definitely encourage it. Um, and also give yourself permission to be a little picky with which friendships you invest in right now. If people are not showing up for you in the way that you deserve, if they're not investing in you, if they're not meeting you part way, like you have every right now to be like, I only got so much energy. I got to protect it. I'm being choosy about who gets it right now. And the friends who do put effort in and who do get back, it doesn't mean that their friends are like, they don't have to be there at all times. They don't have to give you everything. You know the difference. But like quality friends, people that are trying to be quality in, in one way or another, give them your energy. And if there's other friends right now who just can't get it, like it is what it is. Like you are a mom in an early stage of parenthood. And sometimes you just can't give everything to everybody. And that's just the reality of it. And you get to protect your energy because we do not have an endless supply of it. I realize this episode's becoming a little longer than I wanted, but I have a couple more like just really important. I feel like I could talk about this stuff all freaking day long. Okay. This one though, is going to be like, obviously you're going to say, oh, of course this will make sense. Please don't quit your daydreams. Don't quit your dreams, right? Like you can pivot, you can pull back, you can adjust, you can slow down, but don't give up on your dreams unless you are 100% certain that is what you want. I know sometimes it can feel like we have no choice or that's what good moms would do and they would give up and just dedicate to being a mom and whatnot. But please remember that being the best mom is if you're a happy and fulfilled and joyful mom. Trust me when I say my daughter can tell when I am stressed or not doing things in life that I enjoy or just going through the motions and trying to survive. And in turn, she then acts worse and her behavior gets worse. So I really don't wean out in that equation. Like it does not work out in our benefit. So just remembering that your dreams matter. You're allowed to still have them. They might have to look a little bit different 
And if you are a different person, your dreams need to evolve. My business changed and evolved. I had to reconnect with my dreams in a different way. I had to figure out what they look like now in my life. And they're absolutely different than they were before. That's okay. But if it's a part of who you are and it's something you love and it's something you would still love to have in your life, don't give it up. You don't have to. That's not a requirement for being a mom. And there's other ways to go about still pursuing it without your kids suffering because of it. And along the same lines, if you do decide to pivot your career or your business or whatever to better align with the chapter of life that you are in right now and your role as a mom, please know that absolutely positively does not mean that you're wasting your potential or giving up or taking a step back or anything of that nature. Like you get to decide what your priorities are, what success means to you, like what living up to your potential means. And it's only, it's going to be about what like, makes you feel good in that, like what you feel right at the end of your life, right? Like I recently made some career pivots so that hopefully in the future, when we decide to grow our family again, I don't have to put my next baby in daycare at 10 weeks old because I just, for me, I don't want to do that again. It's not a line for me. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think anything wrong with the moms who do it. But for me, I know that's not what I want next time. And I needed to make some pivots now to better align with the kind of mom I want to be later. I want to be at the soccer practices. I want to be at the doctor's appointments. I want to be able to drop anything because truthfully, I didn't have that experience growing up. It's important to me to have that. But I also do not want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom because that's also not right for me. That's not what I want either. So I'm having to pivot a little bit to meet my priorities as a mom that I feel good about and still feel good about my career where I'm going out, going in life. And for me, like my career is a means to an end. It does not define me. It's not what I'm going to lay my head down at the end of my life and say, that's what I did. Like my impact in the world is so far beyond my career. That to me is nothing to do with my potential. So if anybody ever tries to make you feel bad because of like making different career decisions because you're a mom now, screw them, honestly. Like good for you. Do what is right for you. Do what is right for your family. You can pivot and adjust later. All that matters is that you're happy and you're doing what feels aligned for you right now and what you feel like is best for your family. And you are the only person who can know what that decision is. This last one is very near and dear to my heart and such an important message for me to share in particular. If your motherhood journey is not going as expected or did not go as expected and you almost feel like you have to mourn the experience that you thought you were going to have as a mom, that is okay. And please give yourself the space to do that. If you're a newer mom, you might not have experienced anything like this yet. You might down the road. You could be like me and your motherhood experience was different right from the beginning. Who knows where everybody's on the spectrum, right? But I just think it's really important to share that sometimes we don't all get the beautiful, blissful experience that we thought we were going to right away it does not mean it's not wonderful, does not mean it's not joyful and magical, but it's just, it's significantly different, right? Not all of us get the cute sleeping babies that we see on Instagram or the smile-filled family vacation photos that get posted or the amazing bonding experience of breastfeeding, right? Like we want those things, and we don't always get them and for a multitude of reasons, right? It might be health challenges. It might be financial challenges. It might be emotional challenges. Who knows? There's so many things that come up, right? We had reflux. 
I never even heard of reflux. I had no idea that kids suffered from reflux. And that drastically changed our early months. We had tongue ties and lip ties. I hadn't heard of those before. Feeding was awful. I tried all different versions of it and worked with all different kinds of people and everything. We had so many doctors and appointments. And like I said, Spanish used to cry for 14 hours a day sometimes. Like our experience was extremely different. Even now, we don't go to the grocery store. We don't really go to restaurants. We don't really go on a lot of family vacations. And I thought we'd be doing all those things. And it's hard sometimes to not be doing those things. And I have to give myself permission to feel a little bummed about that. All of us are going to have really hard moments. And all of us are going to have really beautiful moments. And sometimes we get a bit more of the hard than we were expecting. And we get to feel sad and frustrated and question why us and confused. And we are allowed to let ourselves feel all of those feelings. You might experience these challenges that nobody's talking about, right, that I just mentioned. And the challenges that you're going through might not be life-threatening challenges, which are usually the ones that get talked about the most, but they sure as heck are life-impacting ones. And they can make the most basic of things in parenthood feel really hard or just different than we thought they were supposed to be or they were going to be. And these challenges might test you so much more than you thought that you were even going to be tested in parenthood. But I also just want to share that it's in these moments that you learn your strength, that you learn your courage, that you learn how hard you love your babies because you will do anything to protect them and fight for them. And sometimes we have got to just learn to look for the joy and the beauty in different ways and different places. We have to learn to see the miracles in the simple and the mundane and the simply playing in our house when they're giggling and laughing and smiling. Maybe it's not the grand vacations or these beautiful memories, their memories nonetheless, and it can be joy if you look for it, right? It is not always easy to do this. And stories on Instagram and TikTok, whenever of other people and their experiences and the experiences that we wish we could have will still absolutely get to us sometimes. They get to me all the time, even two years in, I promise. But we can learn to fall in love with our new reality and see the gifts in our unique journey. And it really comes down to not comparing ourselves to anybody else's journey. And it is not always easy to do that. Trust me, I know. And the biggest thing is it's okay to not love every season of motherhood. And to perhaps even be looking forward to a different chapter. We get told all the time, like, don't blink, it goes so fast and you're going to want it back. And that may be true. And I may eat my words when I get older. But I think it's also really okay if a particular season is just exceptionally challenging for you. And it's not to say that it will be. If you are a new mom, you might not have this happen at all, but you may. And I want to be honest about it. And if you're a mom who has had a lot of challenges, I want you to know you're not alone. And how do you have a different perspective on it? But it's okay to look forward to another chapter. I'll be transparent. I genuinely look forward to when Savannah can communicate with us a bit better and tell us about some of her health challenges and why she doesn't feel good and what's going on with her body and what she's feeling. Because when she can do that, we can help her better. We can not have to guess at the things that we're trying to fix. I look forward when we can go on vacations and go do certain activities together that she can't do yet at this age. And it's okay for me looking forward to that. It doesn't mean I'm not enjoying where we're at now. I'm not making the most of it. I'm not cherishing it. But yeah, you know what? I look forward to some different times and that's okay. So if you feel the same, do not beat yourself up for that. Every season of motherhood resonates in a different way, has different challenges, 
different joys, different, just different experiences all together. And if you've been through challenges that have tested you more than you ever thought that you would be tested, I am just here to say that you are a strong, beautiful, caring warrior of a mama, and your little ones are lucky to have you as their mom. Even in your weakest moments, I promise you, you are still absolutely the best mom for them. I feel like there's a million other things I could say, and who knows, maybe I'll do a part two of this eventually. But those are just some of the ones that are on my heart right now and thinking back over the last two years. It's crazy I'm two years into this journey already. And I think it's just, remember that it's just one giant roller coaster. You're going to have really high highs and really low lows. And sometimes one night you're crying and the next day you're having like your best memories that you've had in a while. Motherhood is just all over the place like that. And I think I just, it's okay to feel all the things you're feeling, the good and the bad and everything in between. It's okay to talk about everything, the good and the bad and the in between. It's okay to be confused, to feel like you have absolutely no freaking clue what you're doing because, sorry, but most of us have absolutely no clue what we're doing. We are 100% making it up as we go. So if that's you, welcome to all of us, even if people aren't talking about it, right? But just, you can never predict how this journey is going to go. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but just take the ride as it comes, ride the waves as they come and try to take it day by day. Look for joy where you can, look for beauty where you can, be really protective of the people standing next to you and holding you up. Ask for help. Give yourself grace. Make yourself a priority. Do the things that fill your cup up. That's one of the biggest things I could say from this chapter so far. I'm just like, there is so much beauty and love and joy and miracles in motherhood. And sometimes we got to look a little harder for them because life is just throwing us a lot of curveballs, but they're there. I promise they are. And no matter where you're at in your season of motherhood, just know that you're not alone. You're doing a fantastic job. Your kids are lucky to have them. And who knows what's coming next? And all we can do is just jump on the roller coaster and get excited for it. So I know I usually like to end my episodes with some kind of like action item. Obviously, this is not as more of it's not a how-to kind of episode, but I guess my action item for this week for you would just be to maybe do some of your own reflection on your motherhood journey so far and see how far you've come and all the growth you've had and all the lessons you've had. Or you'll pick one of these reflections and you know one of the things I shared, take it to heart and do something. Maybe go make yourself a priority this week. Maybe ask for help this week. Maybe reach out to a friend and say what you need from them or set better expectations, whatever it may be, whatever resonated for you. Like just trust your heart. This one, trust your gut. If anything else, just celebrate yourself this week. Celebrate yourself as a mom and a woman and an individual and everything that you're doing and you've done and you're going to continue to do and you've been through. Just freaking celebrate yourself extra because we don't do it enough and we need it. So that's my task to you for this week. So as always, please join me for another episode next Wednesday and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Mama's Got Dreams podcast. I hope this episode is you feeling invigorated, a lot less lonely, and empowered to take even a small action step this week in pursuit of your personal ambitions. To be sure you don't miss an episode, hit the subscribe button, and then share this episode with a fellow mama who needs to hear it. Together, we can make sure that moms no longer feel the pressure to sacrifice themselves, their dreams, or being great moms. I'd love to hear from you. So say hi on Instagram and Facebook at Cassie Sunshine Life Coach so we can become friends. Until then, here's to hoping you get a few minutes to yourself and some extra sleep this week.